You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com.
Listening to African Perspectives, where we review the issues of our day from an African worldview and African centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, 
music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors, and we say the word ashe. It simply means, so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done and for all that God will do. We say ashe. We pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Timeri, Pont, and Nubia. So we pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe. We pour this libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe. Civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So we pour this libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe. We pour this libation to the Ma'afa, the holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we pour this libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We pour this libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We pour this libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we pour this libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we pour this libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we pour this libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We pour this libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We pour this libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions 
shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspective here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi, Hotel family. Hope everything is well with you today. Hope you're going to have a good day today. It is Wednesday. Got to get over the hump. So if we get a chance to do all the things you want to do, should do, must do, can do, and will do, hoping, too, that the weather will be accommodating you to do it. Uh, in certain parts of the country, it's kind of, the heat is kind of dissipating to some degree. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> degree. But, you know, sometimes it just has to get done. So let's get it done, family. I know here in Atlanta, it's not going to be as humid the next couple of days as it's been with a heat index of 110, you know. So let's do things, let's get it done. And let's also, too, maybe it's preparing for the good weekend we're going to have, celebrating uh, Marcus Garvey, you know, so a number of things that are happening. So you'll have a chance to get out and, you know, pay tribute and commemorate. Marcus Mosiah Garvey, the Honorable Marcus Mosiah Garvey. This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, or 8 to 10 Pacific, or any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, you can always go to our archives at timeforanawakening.com. At the top of the page, you'll see podcasts. Click on that. The drop-down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there will be programs that are dated and titled. Also, there's a shortcut. Just go to the search engine that you that you choose. You know, Firefox, Google, Google Chrome. You know, Internet Explorer. I don't know. Time for an awakening, and then go to babaoshi.net. Babaoshi. O s h i. No, b a b a o s h i. dot net. Babaoshi. dot net, and then. Uh, once again, there'll be programs that are dated and titled. We're, going, we're not going to do our announcements that we usually do, but I will say this this program is every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. All times I'm giving are always going to be Eastern times. And the only other program we have on time for an awakening right now is this program, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and on Friday and Saturday. From 8 p.m., Time for an Awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard on 8 p.m. on Friday. And 7 p.m. on Sunday. And, of course, the number to call is 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. I make those announcements uh, that I usually make on Friday, before Friday's program. Because I wanted to get a lot of time in to honor the honorable Marcus Mosiah Garvey, 
idea, the idea, the inspiration. But, well, of course, we'll always do the Inya Sasim of daily revolutionary thought, the Inya Sasim. August 15th. Critical consciousness is not banned. It is simply smothered behind an ever-growing avalanche of shit. What that means is that if the density of the stuff doesn't blind you, the stench, the stink will surely knock your ass out. Carrie Cheekwood. In this cultural context, where systematic inequality betrays the lie of a democratic society, the oppressor science must ask and answer pressing economic questions in such a way as to construe asystematical relationships into balanced and equal ones. Without this, the illusions of fairness and a blameless exploitation of oppressed people are exposed. Under the weight of such political science, even if the oppressed find the cause of the oppression to have originated with and be maintained by their exploiters, their confusion over the universalization of fault often leads them to believe that their ongoing abuse should be ignored and forgiven. Damn, for real, y'all. Against their best interest, they are led to accept that they should be able to see beyond their mistreatment or maltreatment to what is good for humanity and has defined by their exploiter, their exploiters. They, they do this even when the external causes of their condition systematically undermine the creation or implementation of any solution that would benefit them. The source of their destructions and those who gain advantage from their forced disadvantage, if they are different, become irrelevant because of their internalization that we are all headed in the same direction. No, we ain't. That the means, no matter how self-sacrificing for others' privilege, will somehow justify their ends. Self-hatred runs deep, family. Hmm. Affirm, I constantly move forward with positive balance and equilibrium. I constantly move toward a positive balance and equilibrium. The ends justify the means. See, these Caucasians, all of the means, all of the destruction, all of the hatred, all of the lynching, all of the murdering, all of the thieving, all of the taking, all of those things justify what we have right now to tell you you should believe in this system. It was bad, but it, you, don't you have it? You have it better than those others. Hate this damn system, family. August 16th. If you know about a knife, the knife won't cut you again. African proverb. Some of us only have to cut once to know the sharpness of the thorns we become entangled in when we lose our way. The independent effort of those who operate in sync with the rhythm of our African center have kept us close to home. These feats of incredible heroism in the face of enemies without and within performed by those of us who refuse to submit to a seemingly divinely ordained European, Caucasian, extremism, racism, and privilege, better known as white supremacy, strengthen us. Nation builders all, their efforts have been consistently grounded 
in the African tradition, in the Asili foundations of African people. They have been nationalists in political orientation, pan-African in their outreach and cultural and ideological formation and definition. The importance of tradition in grounding a people in their culture and possibilities is not questioned. The only question these movements have been forced to answer is how to do this in the face of a horrific, ongoing, anti-African assault to the core of our very being. Their only frustration comes from figuring out, figuring out how to convince African people to love, be, and empower themselves. Re-Africanization and nation-building transforms Africans into their traditional selves and power. As we work toward this state of being, we have to bear in mind that transformation is a process, or rather, part of a process or stage in redevelopment. It exhibits the, our historical pattern of a cycle that is returning us to ourselves. Ashe. Affirm, I know about the night. Affirm, I know about the night. You ain't gonna cut me again. That's for damn sure. The Inyasisim of daily revolutionary thought. The Inyasisim. Today, we're going to celebrate, commemorate, and acknowledge the birthday of the Honorable Marcus Mosiah Garvey. I think that when we look at Garvey, we look at probably the most powerful African, Pan-African leader since our captivity the fearlessness of this man. And I'm going to have some folks help me do this, you know, particularly Dr. John Henry Clark. I mean, those those two men particularly I, I have admiration and great respect for, Dr. John Henry Clark. And we're going to uh, play some Garvey. I'm going to read some quotes. And, but I'm going to read a piece that um, that I'm quite sure Garvey and Dr. Clark would be like, yeah, for sure. It's Baba Baruti. Also to make some great announcements, like one announcement here right now, right now, is the 21st century African Vanguard, the ninth annual Straight Black Pride Movement Anniversary Cookout. That's this Sunday, Sunday, August 20th, noon to 6 p.m., Oxon Run Park Shelter, 2300 Oxon Run Drive in Temple Hills, Maryland. This event is free to all straight African and proud people. Straight black pride. I tell you, Zuba um, Ayo, Kamathi, and myself, we were at uh, <coughs> Ron Daniels' piece, State of the Black World. And uh, I have to defend my brother. They were attacking him because he he basically brought to the attention of what the libation by the Black Lives Matter women who acknowledge no man 
would acknowledge not one brother. I do libation. Always acknowledge sisters. Because as an African, we must have our compliment. We must have our species have. We must have that balance. And as an African, understanding our situation, the problem we face is because we don't have family. And what is family to an African? A man and a woman and children. I am not arguing or debating about any alternatives. Y'all want to do that? Fine. But I'm talking about African family. I'm talking about African liberation. I'm talking about pan-Africanism. Though these things are a necessity. If you want to work with us and struggle for that, fine. But your sexual preference have no, there is no plank in the African struggle for liberation. There is no gay plank. None of that. You want to deal with that? You go ahead and deal with that. And if you want to deal with that outside of us, you do that. But if you're going to be inside of us to work with us, that's it. That's when you're going to just do some work. So, this Sunday, August 20th from 12 noon to 6 p.m., Straight Black Pride, the ninth annual Straight Black Pride Movement Anniversary Cookout. Oxon Run Park Shelter, 2300 Oxon Run Drive, Temples Hill, Maryland. All right. So, more. This is a this is a serious piece. I love this piece. It's from Doctor Baba Barudi. Doctor, yeah, Baba Barudi's battle plan. glasses on. I think that'll help too. (laughs) Frustration denied. I often tire of fighting for a people who believe in their enemies even more than their enemies believe in themselves. It is not easy to work toward the enlightenment of a people hell-bent on destroying themselves as a personal favor to those they seek validation through and even a semblance of conditional love from a people determined to live with their murderers. They plan, they, they're determined to live with rapists and diseducators, destroyers, to sleep with them, to eat out of their plates and off their floors. We have grown comfortable in the company of death. It is hard to make a people understand the innate evil that thrives on chaos when they only recognize that other's truth. It is not easy to be African in an anti-African reality. I repeat, it is not easy to be African in an anti-African reality. It wears at you. It tears at you. It can make you question the depth of your sanity, the purpose of your mission. It makes peace nine impossible. But I would rather die a warrior in service to my ancestors and descendants than live the lie of a slave falling to the unrelenting pressure of Europeans, Negroes, and lost souls, calling us to commit treason against the creator. 
Spirit is what I answer to. Spirit is what strengthens me through my weariness. Struggle with vision produces resilience. It creates power. It brings a warrior's peace, a peace that lies only on the battlefield of justice, not the bed of forgiveness or forgetfulness. Forgiveness will not cease their destruction. And if we forget, we will not be able to find our way home. To be engaged in battle when the enemy has already done to our souls, minds, and bodies should have made in any revolutionary thought impossible. It has. It, it is how I know we have already won. Let me repeat that. To be engaged in battle when, the, when what the enemy has done to us already, to our souls, our minds, and our bodies, should have made any revolutionary thought impossible. But I know we have won already. The universe does correct itself through us, family. Ma'at is justice. Ashe. Baba Baruti. Baba Mawalimu Baruti. Love him, respect him. Man. Oh, and I hope I got a program with him next week, family, on the 25th. We had scheduled this for a long time. I'm going to make sure that that happens. Um, this Saturday, a lot of happening. But of course, once again, tomorrow is uh, Marcus Garvey's birthday, August 17th. And then on Saturday, many activities are happening around uh, the city, your city. And check them out if you can. Maybe some Zoom meetings and so forth. I, I don't know. But um, one of the things is in person, and that is reclaiming African, reclaiming ancient Nubia. The art of the 25th dynasty. Uh, Brother Dr. Heru Septenra is uh, summoning brothers and sisters to the Height Museum, the High Museum of Art here in Atlanta, this Saturday at 12 noon. This Saturday at 12 noon. The, the High Museum is located 1280. 1280 Peachtree Street, Northeast, 30309. At the museum, there'll be a lecture. We are reclaiming our stuff. We are reclaiming our stuff. Reclaiming ancient Nubia. This is what we should be doing everywhere around this planet. The British Museum. The Louvre Museum. The Berlin Museum. The museums here in this country that have African artifacts that they would not, that they just took. They just took. Africans, Africans no way benefit from their stolen art. In fact, the irony is that y'all never done it, y'all couldn't do it. But yet, their museums are filled with African art. Y'all never created nothing. Y'all too damn dumb. <laughs> this Saturday, family. So if you're in the Atlanta area and you want to join this protest, please do. Reclaiming Ancient Nubia. With Dr. Heru. This Saturday, 12 noon. 
at the High Museum, 1280 Peachtree Street, Northeast in Atlanta, Georgia. The Marcus Garvey Day celebration at the Shrine of the Black Madonna from 12 to 6. Guest speaker, my brother, my friend, Dr. Umar Ifantedo. Ifantunde, excuse me. Dr. Umar Ifantunde. Dr. Umar, this Saturday at the shrine. The shrine is located 944 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard in Atlanta. There's going to be all kind of good festivities and happenings. So, let me make those announcements again. I'm going to play a few things. I think that um, get us in the mood to hear the Honorable Marcus Mosiah Garvey, to hear his voice, and to hear those who had high respect for him. I know I love to play Dr. John Henry Clark. Dr. Clark is, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> a giant of an African historian. You know, I have my favorites, and, and there are many. I love them. I love them all, brothers and sisters. But, you know, I guess because I listened to Dr. Clark 20-some, uh, 30-some years ago, in my car on the cassette constantly and I fell in love with his voice his southern draw yeah and the highlight of one of the highlights of my life of course my daughter's being born but I had lunch with Dr. John Henry Clark at the Indiana Black Expo I had the opportunity and the privilege to sit at the feet of a master Master teacher, beautiful man. He's blind then. I think I first saw him when he, when he wasn't blind. We're going blind. He's, you know, he's been, that was a progression. And I saw him in Detroit. And I saw him in Indiana, uh, Cincinnati. Never missed Dr. Clark. Saw him in Milwaukee. I wanted to introduce Dr. Clark at the Wisconsin Black Historical Society, but I did introduce Dr. Finch and Dr. Ben, so I'm, I'm privileged in that. Dr. William Rogers introduced Dr. Clark, my brother, Dr. Rogers, that we should have had a memorial on the 5th of this month, which was his birthday, the 5th of this month. Unfortunately, we couldn't get it together. But we're going to get us in the mood to Respect and honor. Respect and honor, Doctor. Doctor Clark. Doctor. Doctor. The Honorable Marcus Mosiah Garvey family. Yes, sir. Fellow citizens of Africa, I greet you in the name of the Universal Negro Movement Association and African Communities League of the World. You may ask, what organization is that? It is for me to inform you that the Universal Negro Improvement Association is an organization that seeks to unite in one solid body the 400 million Negroes of the world. 
will link up the 15 million Negroes of the United States of America with the 20 million Negroes of the West Indies, the 40 million Negroes of South and Central America, with the 280 million Negroes of Africa for the purpose of bettering our industrial, commercial, educational, social, and political conditions. As you are aware, the world in which we live today is divided into separate race groups and distinct nationalities. Each race and each nationality is endeavoring to work out its own destiny to the exclusion of other races and other nationalities. We hear the cry of England for the Englishman, of France for the Frenchman, of Germany for the German, of Ireland for the Irish, of Palestine for the Jews, of Japan for the Japanese, of China for the Chinese. We of the Universal Negro Movement Association are raising the cry of Africa for the Africans, those at home and those abroad. There are 400 million Africans in the world who have Negro blood coursing through their veins. And we believe that the time has come to unite these 400 million people for the one common purpose of bettering their conditions. The great problem of the Negro for the last 500 years has been that of this unity. No one or no organization ever succeeded in uniting the Negro race. But within the last four years, the Universal Negro Movement Association has worked wonders in bringing together in one fold four million organized Negroes who are scattered in all parts of the world, being in the 48 states of the American Union, all the West Indian Islands, and the countries of South and Central America and Africa. These four million people are working to convert the rest of the 400 million scattered all over the world. And it is for this purpose that we are asking you to join our hands and to do the best you can to help us to bring about an emancipated race. If anything praiseworthy is to be done, it must be done through unity. And it is for that reason that the Universal Negro Movement Association calls upon every Negro in the United States to rally to its standards. We want to unite the Negro race in this country. We want every Negro to work for one common object but of building a nation of his own on the great continent of Africa. But all Negroes all over the world are working for the establishment of a government in Africa means that it will be realized in another few years. We want the moral and financial support of every Negro to make the dream a possibility. Already, this organization has established itself in Liberia, West Africa, and is endeavoring to do all possible to develop that Negro country to become a great industrial and commercial commonwealth. Pioneers have been sent by this organization to Liberia, and they are now laying the foundations upon which the 400 million Negroes of the world will build. If you believe that the Negro has a soul, if you believe that the Negro is a man, if you believe that Negro was endowed with a senses commonly given to other men by the Creator, then you must acknowledge that what other men have done, Negroes can do. We want to build up cities, nations, governments, industries of our own in Africa, so that we'll be able to have a chance to rise from the lowest to the highest positions in the African Commonwealth. The words of the Honorable Marcus Mosiah Garvey. I'm going to play now Dr. John Henry Clark. Then after that, we'll take us up to a break, and then I'll come back. I'm going to play a longer piece of a speech that uh, Marcus Garvey gave out of fire. And then read some quotes and, of course, get your feedback and get your opinion of uh, the Honorable Marcus Mosiah Garvey and his mission to bring us together to have Africa for the Africans at home and abroad. 
something that I think for us Pan-Africanists we all strive for. One Africa, not 54 individual, failing, co-opted states. One solid Africa can maintain that the cultural continuity within that. But first and foremost, we African. We African. History tells of people where they have been and what they have been, where they are and what they are. Most important, history tells a people where they still must go and what they still must be. The relationship of history to the people is the same as the relationship of a mother to her child. There's something about an island of body water increase a special kind of dreamer because they did not know where they came from in Africa. They dreamed of the whole of it, bring it all together in one piece. The seeds of Pan-Africanism planted in the United States during slavery years later flourish in the fertile soil of the British West Indies. Trinidad produced the three greatest Pan-Africanists, H. Sylvester Williams, C.L.R. James, and George Padmore. In Trinidad, they found, found the Pan-African League. H. Sylvester Williams would eventually call it Pan-African. He would call a conference in London in 1900 few scattered Africans, a few people from the Caribbean, W. Du Bois from the United States. They did not ask for the in independence of African states then. They asked for preparation, give us the kind of education that will prepare us for eventual independence. They were reasonable, but they weren't listened to. And yet the conference made some kind of impression. After the first Congress, Du Bois would be the leading light from the second through fourth. But the most meaningful, the one that Du Bois called in Paris, as a result of this Congress, Du Bois came to center stage as the leader and theoretician of Pan-Africanism. Pan-Africanism wasn't exactly new because 
black Americans were practicing it long before someone gave it a name. The African Settlement Movement, the movement that settled Liberia, was in form of Pan-African Movement. The so-called Negro Convention Movement was most a discussion of how you bring the African world together. That whole 19th century was Pan-African thought. Prince Hall, his development of the black Masonic order that he called the African Lodge. The search for a place in Africa for settlement by Martin Delaney and Robert Campbell. 1829, David Walker's appeal to the colored people of the world was basically a Pan-African appeal. All of this before we come down to the end of the 19th century. The ultimate Pan-Africanist, of course, was the Jamaican Marcus Garvey. Citizens of Africa, I greet you in the name of the Universal Negro Movement Association and African Communities League of the World. You may ask, what organization is that? It is for me to inform you that the Universal Negro Movement Association is an organization that seeks to unite into one solid body the 400 million Negroes of the world. It was soon after the end of World War I, the Secretary of War had told the black American soldiers that their lot would not be appreciably changed by virtue of the fact that they fought in the war. There had been an investigation. It was discovered that many of the nurses wouldn't treat black soldiers in the hospital, wouldn't even touch them. Some of them died as a result. So you have these grievances pent up in the veteran coming home. All of this came to a head in 1919 when there were riots all over the United States. That's called the Red Summer. Marcus Garvey could point out, look, they don't want you here. Let's go back home. Let's go, to Af- go back to Africa. Let's not only go back to Africa, let's go back in our own ships. Now, a whole lot of people who otherwise would not listen are now willing to listen. We hear the cry of France for the Frenchmen, of Germany for the Germans, of Ireland for the Irish, of Japan for the Japanese. We of the Universal Negro Movement Association are raising the cry of Africa for the Africans, those at home and those abroad. He began to dream the great dream and rescue the mind of millions of black Americans from depression and self-doubt. By 1923, he was in some difficulty with the boats and some of the people he had hired to run the boats. Terrible mismanagement and betrayal. He collected millions of dollars from black Americans to buy these boats, and these boats were old and not as seaworthy as he thought they were. Garvey moved over large territory, maybe too fast, and yet he built the largest movement in black America before our sense. There needs to be a reassessment of Marcus Garvey and his long-reaching effects. He called attention to what slavery and colonialism had taken away. They took away a concept essential to all the people in the world. They took away the concept of state management and state maintenance. 
once you are taken from the geography of your origin and forced to live in a state designed by others, you're still the slave to the man who's astute enough to control a container called the state. Dr. John Henry Clark. That's taken from A Great and Mighty Walk, and you can check out family, A Great and Mighty, a Great and Mighty Walk on YouTube. Go to YouTube. You, it has all kinds of stuff. Of course, I'm always promoting that because there's a lot of good stuff there. And uh, Great and Mighty Walk, Dr. John Henry Clark, narrated by Wesley Snipes, also funded. Not fully, but funded. He had some funding in it. Gotta give Wesley Snipes some love, some props. So, you know, as I think about Marcus Desire Garvey and his awakening, traveling throughout the hemisphere to South America, Central America, of course, throughout the Caribbean, and eventually here, he. He looked at Booker T. Washington and what Booker T. Washington was trying to explain to our people in terms of cast your bucket down where you are. You know, don't pay attention to white folks. Get busy working. Get busy working. Don't be begging white folks for nothing. Damn, damn inclusion. Get busy working. Build for yourself. Like they built the Tuskegee Institute. Brothers and sisters built Tuskegee with their own hands. They didn't contract it out. They did it. Students did it. Brothers and sisters of that community did it. And so he was seriously advocating for us. And he understood that Africa is the key for Africans' survival, wherever we are. He knew that to be in somebody else's place, just like that piece I just read to you, that Papa Baruti wrote, that, that strong piece, you do not have the confidence, you do not have the ability, but even deeper, you don't have the right to do anything in somebody else's place. Now, of course, we know Caucasians, they don't give a damn about that. They go into somewhere, they taking it. They taking it over. When they came into Africa, not the first time, not back in the day, but when they came into Africa, after their renaissance, when they start going around taking everybody's stuff in the name of, you know. And so, and that's why, that's why it's important, family, that we study and honor and implement some of the things that Marcus Garvey was promoting and espousing. We're going to go through some of his quotes a little later. We're going to take a break in a minute. 
and then uh, play some more of Marcus Garvey. Tomorrow's his birthday. Tomorrow's an observance. Introspective of a man who undeniably, without fear, spoke the truth to us. He constantly told us, you can't liberate yourself from somebody else's traditions, their language, their modalities, the things, how they do things. You can't. Some of us have tried here, not necessarily liberate ourselves, but try to include ourselves, try to integrate ourselves, try to immerse ourselves into somebody else's. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the fact that there is some American Africans who have achieved some measure of success financially and in position. Those who applaud that would say, there you go, see, I, it can be done. But see, when you have a society perpetuating individualism, materialism, greed, and violence, what an individual does is we can pale in comparison to what we could do collectively as Marcus Garvey was telling us to do to join forces to put aside all petty differences and become a force for African good imagine what we could do if we unite if we seriously unite imagine what we could do on the continent throughout the diaspora somebody asked me says why are Africans treated so bad everywhere we are around the globe because we're disjointed we're not united Africans are disrespected everywhere the European has even made the, the melanated skin as a curse globally. Melanated people are relegated to subservient positions. You may have melanated people like in Brazil and more melanated people there than any other country except Nigeria. We don't run nothing there either. Those brothers and sisters, you, you don't even see them on TV. And they're just like the soap operas, as I was watching or reading a piece, that they are relegated to the same thing that we were. Subservient roles. Maids and butlers and secondhand. And it happens in Asia, happens in the Philippines, it happens everywhere, it happens in India, it happens in China. There are some very melanated Chinese. You see the ones who are 
you know, in Hong Kong and Shanghai. You see the very rich ones. And so those who would identify with being African and who have a love for being African, if we could come together and run Africa, we have a place for you. You don't have to take the abuse. You don't have to be a second-class citizen. You don't have to be at the bottom rung. You don't have to be marginalized. You don't have to be imprisoned. You don't have to be killed. You don't have... All that it does, all you have to do, change your mind. Marcus Garvey talks about that. Developing the African mind. Brothers and sisters, we're going to take a break. When we come back from the break, play another piece of a speech by Marcus Garvey and open up the phone lines. Okay? Open up the phone lines. We can take it from there. Brothers and sisters, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. Um, Think here. Let me see. What am I doing here? Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to because I had that problem. I had that problem. So I think I have it solved, family. Yeah, I do. <laughs> we'll be right back. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Change your mind for the human race. 
just much for me and plus the other day. Look, look, we all witnessed the sweat rolling down Miss Liberty's head. She knows the sleeping child, she's no longer sleeping dead. Oh, what a fulfillment of prophecy. Let us teach the children freedom's never been free. It's okay to cry, go ahead and cry. Cause Jesus went, but hope and faith be kept. It's a new day. We're on a, a brand new day. It's a, a change day. of mind for the human race. It's a, a new day. We're a brand new day. It's a, a change day. of mind for the human race. The die has been cast, and there's no need to fear. Cause people, the answer to your prayers are here. Sister Mary, don't you weep. Tell Martha not to moan. We need the love, and that is coming home. There's no need to worry. The times dictate a plan. Mother Earth has given birth to a brand new man. Sister, I know you're misunderstood. But hold on to your man. Cause the future looks good. It's a new day. A new world order. A brand new day. It's a, a change of mind for the human race. It's a new world order. A brand new day. It's a change of mind for the human race. Beware of the lies and false prophecy. We are many with the eyes, but don't all really see. You must be merciful, my friend, to obtain the same. So if you break the chain, don't pass the blame. We should say unto all, and I'll say it again. Shake a hand, make a friend. We who are pure at heart, somehow might see. There's still light in the world. Come rejoice with me. It's a new day. A new world order. A brand new day. It's a change of mind for the human race. It's a new You are listening to Time For an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. New world order. That's what we need. I was watching this piece about the New World Order, not what I just played for you. That's from um, Get on the Bus, the Million Man March, 1995. I didn't remember that they threw Wendell Pierce's fat ass off the bus. (laughs) He must have been talking some conservative bull. (laughs) Yeah, Ozzy Davis and many others. But uh, because we need a New World Order. And it's nothing about anybody else but us. This new world order is about us. It is, it is, it is not joining hands across America. It's not none of that. Africans 
need to get Africans together. We have been so torn apart in our minds, unfortunately, on our own. And so we need to get ourselves together. It is an imperative. It is a must. It's tough for us to embrace ourselves when we've been trained to hate ourselves. That we instilled in us a belief that we can't do. That we can't do it. Jokes about us unable to do it. Yeah. This is a piece. Let me uh, once again go over a couple of uh, pieces I played earlier. And try to get... um, Yeah, not not that piece. (laughs) Once again, the um, the twenty first century African vanguard, the ninth annual Straight Black Pride Movement anniversary cookout. It's going to be this Sunday. It's going to be this Sunday. August 20th from noon to 6. Oxon Run Park. 2300 Oxon Run Drive in Temple Hills, Maryland. Okay. And then, of course, um, let me run this by us again. to me, you know, the technology, brother, I'm kind of doing it in an old way, any damn way, you know, (laughs) really, and then when I get back to it, it seems not to want to cooperate, you know. Okay, you want to act like that? I'll go to this. And of course, they, um, Saturday, reclaiming ancient Nubia, the art of the 25th dynasty. Uh, Dr. Heru Septepenra, he will be giving a pre toured lecture outside of the High Museum. The high, this Saturday, 12 noon at the High Museum, the High Museum of Art, 1280 Peachtree Street. Northeast in Atlanta, and uh, we're going to reclaim our stuff. That's what we need to do everywhere. It is ours. Also, to the Marcus Garvey um, Day celebration, commemoration with drummers and all kinds of good stuff, music, dance, presentation. And the uh, special guest speaker, Dr. Umar Infanteo. Ifantunde. I'm going to keep saying that too. Ifantunde. Man. Oh, she. Ifantunde. Oh, I know what it is. I want another brother's name like that. Okay, that's what it is. Infanteo. Yep. So Ifantunde will be there. Um, and 
The time, of course, is 12 to 6 on this Saturday. So I couldn't, couldn't bring that up. Let me take a couple of calls. Uh, if you want to call, you're in the queue right now. If you want to speak, hit uh, 1. You can hit 1. That'll let you in. If there are a number of you, I don't know if you want to say anything or not. So I don't want to just go ahead and let you in. 646, 646, good afternoon. Hey, Ochi, what's happening, man? I just tuned in, man, to see what was um, popping. How was your trip, man? Oh, everything was cool, brother. Yeah, oh, yeah, everything was cool. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think I, got a I didn't get a lot of chance. people. Yeah. Yeah, so. I didn't get a chance to speak with you on oh, um, right, on Monday. Monday, I heard a little bit of the show, but um, I got a I got a call and I had to cut off. Right. But listen, how 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 are you doing? I'm doing well, brother. I'm 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 doing well. Yep. I think I think when I tuned in earlier, you were talking about Garvey. Yes, it is Marcus Garvey's birthday tomorrow, so we talking about yeah, Garvey. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You're not gonna be beyond and hey man, Garvey is um he the man. He I is. mean it's amazing how other people have took in the principles of Garvey and our people on a lot of levels never use Garveyism to take us to the um next level. I remember when I read philosophies and opinions, man. Yeah. Just it, it was yeah. really a interesting analysis mm-hmm. put forward by the brother, you know. And um, I mean, I was looking at a post earlier, and the brother was saying, "Thanks, Garvey, for giving us the red, black, and green flag." Yeah. I mean, shoot, you got Nick Rose in Montgomery, Alabama, who's now giving us the chair change. So I mean, it's mm-hmm. just amazing how we get caught up and nonsense right. and don't really elevate the true things that we should elevate like the flag. But um, I was not talking, but I was in an exchange with Baba Barugi and he said he's going to be on Friday. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. You yeah. know what not, I mean? Not this like Friday. He, the, uh, supposed to be the, the 25th, if memory serves me correctly. And I'll get oh, back well, with if him. it's next week, Friday, yeah. I'll just make sure yeah. that I'm, next I'm, week, I'm Friday, available the 25th, I had a for that. Mark. Oh, no doubt. You know? No doubt. You know, the whole program. The funny, the funny thing is, man, you know, Atlanta is becoming really on and, on and popping, man. You know, um, you got your favorite crack of the hate. Um and eighteen, <laughs> and 18 other um <laughs> characters um yeah. indicted on a Rico by a black woman <laughs> yeah. and you know yeah. I, I really I really get a enjoyment in watching the Negro become so happy and elated in regards to what they perceive they doing to this cracker. Yeah. And I, I always ask I, I this one question. This one question, o- O.C. Other than being a racist, rude, and nasty, and just don't giving an F about the Nobody. Negro, sure. right? Yep. In all honesty, while this cracker was in office for four years, 
what did he do to black people? That any other bastard that Probably was in too office. Much nothing. Did, did the benign neglect. I mean, that's honestly. like that's like AJ, just like all the others, benign neglect. Didn't do nothing. Yeah. You know, some some argued he some. He didn't do anything. Yeah. He didn't do anything specifically right. to hurt black people. Nor to help. Hurt others. Nor to help. He didn't. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't single black people out and made policies while he was in office that hurt us. And for us to spend the amount of effing time we do in regards to this devil, it just goes to show how effing stupid and manipulative we allow ourselves to be treated. It's amazing. When you sit back and you think about it and you look at it, the man ain't do shit to hurt you. And he didn't do shit to help us either. So and therefore, that's what I'm saying. so yeah. Now, so so, so therefore, at, and then when you, when you look, look at, at this cracker in office now, when you look at this cracker in office now, for all that you praise of them, do you ever realize that there are policies that Trump put forward that this bastard doubled down on? Haiti, Venezuela, Cuba. Well, those, those those things were uh, in the mix prior to Trump, Haiti, oh yeah, Venezuela. They've been they've been trying to they've been trying to throw a cue on Venezuela for years since uh, uh, what you call was in, in, in Venezuela. And Trump Trump jacked it up. Yeah. And when Biden came in, yeah. he continued it. Right. So it's all a it's all a manipulation. Right. It's all a it's all a game. And it's unfortunate it's unfortunate for Trump and those people who I who I find to be more egregious than him because they went along with this idiocy. Yeah. That's the ones that I have no sympathy for whatsoever because they should know better and now they go pay the piper for it on the most serious level because the thing is and i just out of the 19 i got a bet with my boy that at least 10 of them go flip i may be wrong ten of them are gonna do what ten of them are gonna flip, do what yeah they go flip oh all of them man shit that man that's an easy yeah. bet and I don't think any. I don't good. think any of those people want to go to jail for Trump. Yeah, not because now. The reality is, you go in the jail on this one. Yeah, not this now. This ain't one of those situations where you're going to get a pardon, right, no. where you're going to get this and you're going to get that. You go in the jail. Remember, remember what happened a couple of years ago in her first famous RICO case with those school teachers. Yeah, you know, that, I mean, here in Georgia. Yeah, went to jail on that bullshit. They sure did, and that brother. Was in fact, one sister you know, who was a superintendent, you know, she passed, and 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 the thinking is because of the pressure put on her, she had cancer, you know, yeah. and and she had a condition, a precondition, that pressure that was put on her caused her, you know, her, 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 her situation to be exacerbated, and she wound up passing. But listen, man, I'm gonna get a couple more calls, Jay. All right, brother. And and talk about Marcus Garvey. Yes. All right, dear brother. Talk to you in a minute, Jay. Peace. 202, 202, good afternoon. 202, 904, 202, 
904. All right. 334. 334. Good afternoon. Uh, thanks, uh, good afternoon, Brother Ochi, and hey, thanks for Brother picking Lust. my call. Uh, just another one of these days, but I want to place uh, and give honor to our ancestor, Marcus Gardner. Yes, thank for you. For his work and, and continued energies um, that still proliferate today. It's just a matter of making things bringing things together and pushing forth that energy. So I just want to just go ahead on and listen to the rest of the program. All right. And uh, raise his name and all praises and honors to Brother Marcus Garvey. Right on. we got a good piece uh, that I'm going to play here in a minute. A good speech. Very good. All right. 443-443. Good afternoon. 443-443. Good afternoon. Okay. All right, brother, we're going to go ahead and play this piece by Marcus Mosiah Garvey, the speech that he made. And you've probably heard snippets of him, but this is a, about half an uh, 15 minutes. And, uh, you know, the wisdom of Marcus Garvey and his commitment, his commitment. You know, when he when he was trying to make these things and he had 20,000, <laughs> brother, 20,000 just still boggles my mind that he could get 20,000 brothers and sisters to come to the Madison Square Garden, the old Madison Square Garden in New York City. The only method was the newspaper, the Negro world. And Mama Marimba, Ani, she produces the the African world, in honor of that, at Abakas and Sunsun. 32 pages of outstanding information. 32 pages. The Negro, the Negro world was so powerful that if you were caught with it, you could be imprisoned. You could be killed. They understood that was the conduit. That was the method by which Brothers and sisters were communicated. And having done that, raising money, and of course, you know, that's how they, they got him. Same thing with Cali House. You know, five years he spent in Atlanta, here in Atlanta, at the federal penitentiary here in Atlanta. When he got out, he was excommunicated. He went to England. The sad thing about Garvey, he never set foot on African soil. He bought those ships not trusting with his people that he was working with, trusting them. Of course, they were agent provocateurs, plenty. Plenty of people, you know, the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover, that's when he first, that's when J. Edgar Hoover first came up, you know. So, yeah. So, I'm going to play this piece. Just hold on for those brothers and sisters who are armed. And then I'll open up the phone lines. Okay, family. This is a, a tribute to the Honorable Marcus Mosiah Garvey. Did not suffer and die to give me an education to slight, oppress, or discourage my people. 
Because whatsoever education I acquired out of their sacrifice of over 300 years, I shall use for the salvation of the 400 million black people of the world. And the day when I... Wow. Oh, what happened there? <laughs> I think it's a technical one. Too. Technical difficulties, family. You know, sometimes you just got to work through things. Sometimes you got to work through things. And you'll be surprised. Sometimes the equipment that I have, well, my stuff that I have is old. You know? computer, my laptop, this iPad. Well, my phone is new. <laughs> but, people, but people kept getting on me about my phone. You know. So hopefully when I can bring this up, um, fiery speech by Marcus Mosiah Garvey. You know, he, he was a passionate person. You know, serious about what he was trying to do and getting others to be serious about helping him do it. And that was the thing about um, OG? Yes. Hey. Yeah, uh, you having you having technical difficulties? <laughs> yes, I am, brother. How you doing? What's happening, Rick? How you hey, doing? Hey, that's the word. <laughs> I'm good, man. That's the world we live in, man. Yes, it is. It's full of technical difficulties. Yes, it the is. The whole goddamn world is technical <laughs> difficulties. You know, I, I uh, you know, it, I, I was just so pleased to hear the reference to David Walker. You know, when I was yeah. a young boy, and I'll try not to take a lot of time, I was maybe 16, 17 years old, and thank mm -hmm. goodness my father had had enough uh, experience to know what his sons should read. Mm -hmm. And I, mm -hmm. of, 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 I remember reading David Walker, man, in two nights. I read the David Walker's Appeal. Mm -hmm. And it, impre it impressed I must have been like 15, 16 years old, man. It mm -hmm. impressed me. It, it it changed my whole perspective on everything that I was supposed to have learned in school. I would skip That's school, it. go yeah. to the library, mm -hmm. read, and come back to school. At the end of the year, I was the smartest one in the class. <laughs> she just say, oh, you... You know, you're him, huh? yeah. Uh, so we take the test, mm -hmm. and 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 the thing is, not not about being smart, not about me, but having the realization of the world that we really live in, man. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it takes a long time for people to realize what a that if if there's like 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 uh, what the brother uh, uh, Curtis Mayfield said, if there's a hell below, we That's all right. gonna go because we, we in it go. now. That's right. We in it now. This yeah. is not the earth. This is not the world that we were designed to live in. This is the one that the devil has yeah. constructed for yeah. us to yeah. live in. Oh, she, brother, I don't, I don't know how how to say it, but some of us are our biggest enemies, mm -hmm. and they ain't white folks. Yeah. Some of us are our biggest enemies because they are in complicit agreement with this world that we live in. You see right. people with pictures pictures all over the place on the internet and they dance yeah. and their titties out and their yeah. asses are shaking. How in the world is that preparing a world for your and my grandchildren? That's like they celebrating the they're celebrating fifty years of hip hop and I'm saying to myself, 
you know, I knew, I know that back, you know, I'm, I'm 70, over 70 years old, and so that's not me, but I remembered yeah. some conscious rap, some conscious hip-hop that was good, but of course it yeah. was co-opted, you know. So 50 years of hip-hop, when you're not dealing with the things that have changed the minds of our people, particularly the minds of our youth, and now that you see what they're doing now, right. you know, uh, glorifying right. sex and glorifying drug use and glorifying thuggery, and you got cats in prison who are supposed to be artists who engage in it consistently, you know, because that's the mindset yes. they've been given. And so, you know, I, I wouldn't celebrate that. You know, I would acknowledge it, and I would try to explain that where are we 50 years later? What happened at the beginning? Can we can we get back to that? You know, because, no, nah, man, uh, you know, it's a, it's, let me, let me go ahead and play this piece by Marcus Garvey, because I want to get this in, and then let's get back to some conversation yes. uh, on the other side, Rick, okay? Okay. Thank you, brother. Appreciate Sounds you, Sounds good to me, brother. All right. Yes, sir. All right, let's see if we can play this. Did not suffer and die to give me an education to slight, oppress, or discourage my people. Because whatsoever education I acquired out of their sacrifice of over 300 years, I shall use for the salvation of the 400 million black people of the world. And the day when I forsake my people, may God Almighty say there shall be no more life for you. I unequivocally rejected the racist assumption of much white American Christianity. Namely, that God had created a black man inferior and that he had intended Negroes to be a servant class, hewers of wood and drawers of water. Well, I predicated my view of man on the doctrine of Imago Dei. All men, regardless of color, are created in the image of God. Now, from this premise followed the equality of all men and the brotherhood of all men. The biblical injunction of Acts 17.26 reminds us that he created of one blood all nations of men that dwell on the face of the earth. I was most interested in brotherhood within his own race. Because if Negroes are created in God's image and Negroes are black, then God must in some sense be black. If the white man has the idea of a white God, let him worship his God as he desires. We have found a new ideal. Because whilst our God has no color, and yet it is human to see everything through one's own spectacles. And since the white people have seen their God through their white spectacles, we have only now started to see our God through our own spectacles. But we believe in the God of Ethiopia, the everlasting God, God of Father, God of Son, God of Holy Ghost, the one God of all ages. That is the God in whom we believe, but we shall worship him through the spectacles of Ethiopia. For 250 years, we have struggled under the burden and rigors of slavery. We were maimed, we were brutalized, we were ravaged in every way. We are men. We have hopes, we have passions, we have feelings, we have desires just like any other race. The cries raised all over the world of Canada for the Canadians, of America for the Americans, of England for the English, of France for the French, of Germany for the Germans. Do you think it unreasonable that we, the blacks of the world, should raise the cry of Africa for the Africans? The Negro is a man. We represent a new Negro. His back is not yet against the wall. We do not want his back against the wall because that would be a peculiar and desperate position. We do not want him there. It is because of this that we are asking for fair compromise. Where the Belgians have control of the Belgian Congo, which they cannot use, they have not the resources to develop now the intelligence. The French have more territory than they can develop. There are certain parts of Africa in which they cannot live at all. So it is for you to come together and give us a United States of Africa. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are not going to be a race without a country. God never intended it, and we are not going to abuse God's confidence in us as men. We are men, human beings, capable of the same acts as any other race, possessing under fair circumstances the same intelligence as any other race. Now Africa's been sleeping, not dead, only sleeping. 
The day Africa is walking around not only on our feet, but on our brains. You can enslave as was done for 300 years the bodies of men. You can shackle the hands of men. You can shackle the feet of men. You can imprison the bodies of men, but you cannot shackle or imprison the minds of men. black men and dig. Reach up black men and women and pull all nature's knowledge to you. Turn ye around and make a conquest of everything north and south, east and west. And then when you have wrought well, you will have merited God's blessing. You will have become God's chosen people and naturally you will become leaders of the world. And as you bow down to the white man today, so will other races bow down to you and call you a race of masters because of the superiority of your mind and your achievements. Because no race has the last word on culture and civilization. They do not know what we are capable of. They do not know what we are thinking. They are thinking in terms of dreadnoughts, battleships, aeroplanes, submarines. You know what we are thinking about? That is our own private business. <laughs> so give us credit for being able to use our minds. And with people becoming conscious of themselves, determined to use their minds, you do not know to what extent they can go. Liberate the minds of men and ultimately you will liberate the bodies of men. You love the white race, not for social fellowship, but for the common brotherhood of God intended we should live. What satisfaction can anyone get in being happy and see his brother wallowing in filth, dirt and disease? How can you be happy living in luxury and your brothers living in disease? And then when you try to help the one out of the disease, the subtle culprit talks about disloyalty. Black men of Carthage, black men of Ethiopia, of Timbuktu, of Alexandria gave the light of civilization to this world. Ethiopia shall stretch forth our hands unto God, and princes shall come out of Egypt. Because classes, nations, races have been quite quiet for over four centuries. Who was merely born abuse, insult, humiliation? whose forbearance can only be compared to the prophet Job, has likewise lifted his bowed head and raised it up to God's skies and cried out, I am a man, and demand a man's chance and a man's treatment in this world. Yeah. That I shall teach the black man, I shall teach the black man to see beauty in his own kind and stop bleating his skin and otherwise looking like what he's not. in the days of slavery, race mixture, miscegenation had occurred because the African woman had no protection from the slave master. Therefore, there is no need today for black people to themselves freely continue a practice that smacks so much of slavery. Our critics say that the race problem will be solved through higher education, through better education, and black and white will come together, that they will never happen until Africa is redeemed. Because if those who, like W.E.B. Du Bois, believe that the race problem will be solved in America through higher education, they will walk between now and eternity and never see the problem solved. God made man lord of his creation, gave him possession and ownership of the world. And you have been so darned lazy that you have allowed the other fellow to run away with the whole world and now he's bluffing you and telling you that the world belongs to him and that you have no part in it. I don't have to apologize to anybody for being black because God Almighty knew exactly what he was doing when he made me black. If black people knew their glorious past, then they would be more inclined to respect themselves. Yes, you heard of Johnny Walker Red. And black. Well, he had his adversities, but he's still going strong. <laughs> well, I 
intend, with your help and God's grace, to continue. Because my work has only just begun. And future generations shall have in their hands the guide by which they shall know the sins of the 20th century. I know, and I know you too believe in time, but we shall wait patiently for 200 years, if need be, to face our enemies through our posterity. When my enemies are satisfied, in life I shall come back, or in death even to serve you as I served before. In life I shall be the same, in death I shall be a terror to the soul of
Oh, yes, the cause is grand, the cause is glory. Surely we shall not turn back. Oh, Ceylon, 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 almighty ship of state, Ceylon. Ceylon until the flag of the red, the black, and the green is perched upon the hills of South Africa. Because the time has come for the black man to forget his hero worship of other races. And to create and emulate heroes of his own. We must canonize our own saints, create our own martyrs, and elevate the positions of fame and honor black men and women who have made a distinct contribution to our racial history. Sojourner Truth is worthy of a place of sainthood alongside the Joan of Arc. Christmas Addis and George William Gordon are entitled to the halo of martyrdom with no less glory than the martyrs of any other race. To St. Levitor's brilliancy as a soldier or a statesman outshone that of any other people. Hence he's entitled to the highest place as a hero among men. Because Africa's created millions and countless millions of black men and women in war and peace. Whose luster and bravery outshone that of any other people. So why not see good and perfection in ourselves? We must inspire our literature and promulgate a doctrine of our own without any apologies to the powers that be. That right is ours and God. Let sentiments and cross opinions go to the winds. We are entitled to our own opinion and are not obligated to or bound by the opinions of others. If others laugh at you, return the laughter to them. If they mimic you, return the compliment with equal force. Because they have no more right to dishonor, discredit you in manhood than you have in dealing with them. Honor them when they honor you. Disrespect and disregard them when they vilely treat you. Their arrogance is but skin deep. An assumption that has no foundation in morals or in law. They have sprung from the same family tree of obscurity as we have. Their history is as rude in its primitiveness as ours. Their ancestors were running wild in living in trees of branches like monkeys as ours. They made human sacrifices, ate the flesh of their own dead and wild meat from beasts for centuries, even as they have accused us of doing. Their cannibalism is more prolonged than ours. When we were embracing the, the banks of the, of the Nile, they were still drinking blood out of the, out of the skulls of their conquered dead. After our civilization had reached the noonday of progress, they were still living in holes with bats, rats, and other insects and animals. After we had already unfathomed the mystery of the stars and reduced the heavenly constellation to minute and regular calculus, there were still backwards men living in ignorance and in blatant darkness. The world is indebted to us for the benefits of civilization. They stole our arts and sciences from Africa. Then why should we be ashamed of ourselves? Their modern improvement. To be, re to be reflected and resurrected by our generation and our posterity. Why should we be discouraged if somebody laughs at us today? Who should tell what tomorrow will bring forth? Did they not laugh at Christ, Moses, Muhammad? Was there not a Carthage, Greece, and Rome? So we see and have changes every day. So pray, work, be steadfast. And be not dismayed. Because as the Jew is held together by his religion, the white race is by the assumption and the unwritten law of superiority. The Mongolian by the precious tie of blood. Likewise, the black man must unite in one grand racial hierarchy. Our union must know no crime, no nationality. But let us all hold together in every country, in every crime, making a racial empire upon which the sun shall never set.
can speak to you from the depths. Let no influence but your own rouse you in time of peace and time of war. Hear all, but attend only to that which concerns you. Your allegiance shall be to your God, your race, your country. Remember that the Jew in his political and economic origin is always first the Jew. The white man is first a white man under all circumstances, so you can do no less. Be black, buy black, be black, and all else will take care of itself. Let no one inoculate you with evil doctrines to suit his own convenience. Charity begins at home. So first to thyself be true, and thou canst not then be false to no man. Because God and nature first made us what we are. And out of our own creative genius, we make ourselves what we want to be. Follow always that great law. Let God and the sky be our limit and eternity our measurement. There is no height to which you cannot climb without the active intelligence of your own mind. Mind creates, and as much as we desire in nature, we can have through the creation of our own mind. And today, being scientifically the weaker race, you shall treat others only as they treat you. But in your homes and everywhere possible, you must teach the higher development of science to your children. And make sure, and make sure that we have a race of scientists par excellence. For in religion and science lies our only hope to withstand the evil designs of modern materialism. Never forget your God. Remember that we live, work, and pray for a binding racial hierarchy whose only natural, spiritual, and political limits shall be God and Africa at home and abroad. With one, with God's dearest blessings, I leave you for a while. One love. Brothers and sisters, Marcus, Mosiah, Garvey. Ashe, the Honorable Marcus Mosiah Garvey. Ah, man. Give us a call at 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. You can join this conversation. 443, 443, good afternoon. I say, I say, my brother. This is Brother Irvin Lewis. How are you, man? I am doing fine, dear brother. How you doing, man? Uh, that was, that was, uh, I've never heard that before. I would never, ever hear it anywhere that I go. I didn't hear it in school. I haven't, uh, it's in books. It's, 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 it's something that you will only hear right. on, uh, on okay. this show, on um, African Perspectives, because, this type of education is something that, um, the, well, Arugu doesn't want you to hear it, first right. of all, because he doesn't look at it as, as, as nationalism. He does, Arugu doesn't look at it as, as bringing your people together. He, he, Arugu looks at it as us separating. Right. Uh, this is separatist talk. You, you're trying to separate from us. Well, really? Uh, I, I, we're supposed to want to be like him. We're supposed to want to marry them. We're supposed to want to have straight hair yeah. that we can buy, and we want to, you know, we want to look like them and we want to be like them. And the reality is, when I heard this and he said one love, I'm like, there's nothing new under the sun. No, brother, sure uh, every, you, no. you tend to think that you're making something up. I'm the first one to smoke pot. I'm the first one to smoke a cigarette, and I'm the first one to drink and get. If all this has been done before, Baba. Mm-hmm. All this has been done before, and we 
our young people have to understand that an elder is an elder for a reason. All the people who didn't know anything or made bad choices are gone. The people that are, have made yeah. good choices are still here. They're still here, And they have, they have something that they yeah. made good choices. They can tell you something. Yeah. So just listen. You don't have to react. And, and I, I was talking, I was on a Zoom today with a woman, and she was a chaplain, and she was talking about all the things that she had and all of the, all the things that she were do, was doing, how she gained weight, all this stuff about I, 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 the individualism that she teaches. And then I told her, I said, you're just talking about seasons, my sister. I said, just, this is like the, the struggle with liberation. It's a season. These, the, the, the Arugu's season is over. His season has been over for a very long time. We've already won. Do you understand that they're, they're desperate now? Now you're going to demagogues and you're going to antichrist or whatever you call it. All these people who are mm-hmm. hurting, they're going to, you're going to hurt yourself trying to hurt me. Right. And that's where they are now. Right. Yeah, they're, they're desperate. And, and, and when you, and when you, and desperate people do desperate things. And uh, I was talking to this sister and she kind of got it. She said, wow, it is season. And, and as you mature, when you know better, you do better. That's right. I know better. Yeah, I but but so but I, but, I, but, I, but what's unfortunate? There's so many of our people who don't want to know, because they understand by knowing better, you have to do better. Right. They don't want to know. They want to continue on with the path that they've gone on that leads to the destruction of our people. They want to continue on that path because it's easier. You know, it is path of least Exactly. The low road. Yep. The easy yep. thing, the one that looks shiny, because shiny, we, we go towards shiny things. Mm-hmm. If you even listen to Ruku, go towards the light. <laughs> <laughs> it's a damn train. <laughs> it's a train. I never told you it was a train. Yeah. But no, the thing is, you're, you're absolutely correct. Now, we've been conditioned for a raw, it's not, it didn't happen overnight. It's not going to end overnight. Right. But we're at the twilight right now. I think we're past the halfway point. We're, we're, we're at the point of no return. It, it, it's uni- it, what is it, unify? Or die. Or die. Exactly. That's, that's the point the of no return. We, we didn't that's say unify or get hurt. We didn't say unify no. or get sick. We didn't say no. unify or come back. We said unify or die. die. That's right. That's how, imperative. I, 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 that's how imperative unification is. It's a must. And re-Africanization, re-Africanization is it's a must. That's what we have to do. Let me get no a couple of, Let me catch a couple more of these calls, dear brother. Listen, you know I'm right here. Go ahead, big brother. All right, this Irv. That's my yes, name. Sir. Brother, brother Irv Lewis, man. Co-host oh, and sometimes substitute. Yeah. Let me let me let me catch okay. a call. Let me catch a call here, Rick. Uh six six two six six two five six zero. Good afternoon. Yes, brother OG. Hey this man, brother this, this is Brother Lamumba family. This is Brother Lamumba. They're having the the uh conference in in Jackson, Mississippi next month. What is that date again? Yes, sir. That's September the the fifteenth through the seventeenth in Jackson, Mississippi. September I'm, the fifteenth through the seventeenth. I'll be there. I plan to be there. Me and my oh, brothers a couple, you know, some of my brothers we definitely plan to be there, man. So also too, uh, I'll be announcing it, uh, and I have the 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 one minute piece that I'll be playing. I didn't get the chance. To, I played it already today, but my, <laughs> like I said, my computer went down. So, but I'll be playing that and talking about that. And if you got some literature on it, uh, brother Patrick Lumumba, uh, send it to me. Email him. Email me. Okay. 
whatever you have so yes, I can sir. continue to promote it and uh, have you on have you on the program as the time gets near so we can talk about some particulars that are going to be happening in Jackson, Mississippi. Yes, sir. All right, yes, dear sir. brother. We'll do Awesome. Right on. I appreciate you calling in, brother. Thank you. All right. I'm. I'm. So, hold on. I'm sorry. What did you say? Okay. Yeah. Did you? Did you? Did you I'm sorry. Did you say something, brother? No. No, brother. Okay. Uh, I was just trying to respond to. Uh, the great honorable both Marcus Messiah God. Right on. And um it said still right there. And the brother just called in said that uh I heard that and uh we have five people to hear this type of dissemination from people as great in our cause of Marcus God. Right. And we have to So, you know, I I'll vote, you know, for our cause so that I can you know, kind of make our people understand. What's sure. Happening in I look forward to it, too. Okay. I look forward to yes, it. Sir. Thank you, Brother Lamuma. Peace to you. Peace. Yes, 602, 602, good afternoon. Greetings, Ma- Brother Orshie. Mark- Marcus, Brother Marcus. How you doing, man? Yes, yes indeed. What you got to say about the Honorable Marcus Mosiah Garvey? Wanna tell you that is the one of the greatest black man that ever walked the planet. Yeah, you I know would that agree. Indonesia's Independence Day is Marcus Davis' birthday. You know, yeah. uh, one day I was on the train in New York City, and I saw this Indonesian lady. In fact, it was Garvey, and she was dressed up in red, black, and green. I was like, why this lady dressed in red, black, and green? And I so one of the elders asked the elder, he said, oh, yes, they, uh, in the, uh, Indonesia's Independence Day is Marcus Garvey's birthday. So those people recognize the importance of Garvey. Right you know? So, I mean, if they can recognize the importance of Garvey, what say we? So, you know, I just say happy birthday to the Honorable Marcus Mosiah Garvey, and it's time for us to unite with our people on the continent. You know what I noticed, what I found out to better worship? You, as an African American, can move around more freely in Africa than a brother from Kenya or a sister from Kenya yes, that's born on the continent. Because yes. they have so many barriers to move across that I, continent. You're right. But with this passport here that we have we can move easier than it, them on the continent so it's imperative that we link with our brothers and sisters because we are the glue we are the one that can that are fluid and can move up and about and do those deals that our people need so desperately to move ahead so I thank you brother thank you. Oshie. keep no, on keeping you're up you're right brother marcus thank you so much always my friend Bless you, man. No Peace. Problem, my brother. Peace. Brother, brother Rick. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Yes, sir. So, so go ahead. Go ahead so, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, what the brother was saying that just previous is so important. We need to develop Oshi. 
say it all the time. People probably get sick of me saying it, but I know the importance of it. I've worked in communications for years and years in places that I don't even want to mention the name of it. For me to be able to see the extent at which we are surveilled, it started back on the plantations when the plantation masters would hang around the slave cabins at night and listen to what their future plans were. They have not changed, Oshi. They have not changed. Just just as the society, the culture hasn't changed, their their inspiration has not changed. They surveil us constantly. They even got to the point where they they have to tell you now. They have to tell you you're under surveillance. They point to China and Japan. We are the most this. This is the most surveilled country on the planet Earth. Everything, this conversation that we have now, that we have previously had, and any in the future, they already have, and they don't even have to have people doing it, Oshi. They're computers and programs that listen and have learned the English language. They tell you bits and pieces of it, but this conversation right now, there's a computer program that is analyzing what we're saying, whether it's a threat or it's bullshit. And, and I'm telling you, I'm, I'm saying this, we have got to develop a method of communication that is unique to us or, or we are at war yeah. and we've already lost. Yeah, I hear I'm, you. I'm, I'm, I, don't know, you can't, I don't know how else to say it. Right, because you can't lay out the battle plans when they know what's going to happen. They already know what's going to happen. Exactly Your success is going to be. On, not only that, not only that, Oshie, they will put people in between supposedly expressing your battle plan and those people are actually working for them. Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? There was a brother that worked in the pl- one of the places that I worked. He was the most patriotic Negro I've ever encountered in my life. He was a, he was the worst white man I have ever seen, but he was black, but he had, that is how he had been treated and trained and cultured. We have got, that oh she it, it's like taking my next breath. That's yeah. how important this is to me. If if not this generation, certainly somebody's child will listen yeah. and hear, or the idea being expressed will be inculcated into their mind. Well, you we know, we have got to develop a, a method of communication, brother, that is unique that does not use their methods. Right. I know, brother Quaker, we, was, or else we I, lost. I know, brother Quaker was over at there smiling because he's. He parrots you, man. He he says the same thing, man. We need to develop a way because to communicate. It, it, it's like essential. Nobody yeah. goes in. Nobody goes into war and expresses their future plans with the enemy. Mm-hmm. And we do it all day, twenty four seven. We out there with cameras and the sisters showing their ass and showing that we don't have any idea of the future that they're planning. Not only for us, but for them. Mm-hmm. That's why Elon Musk is at Mars. He ain't doing that for no exploration. They are trying to set up a place unique. Right. Cuz they know this planet is dying if they if they don't turn this thing situation around. This planet oh, is dying. Are they killing it? Not they're only is it dying, they they kill- just yeah. like they are doing us. They're killing this planet. Yeah. So that only a few like only the strong will survive so if yeah. you want to take a, a, a phrase out of a court. brother I can't express I, I don't I almost got tears in my eyes because I see how much time we're wasting and we don't recognize the enemy for what they really are. They got these little white chicks sitting on TV with glasses like they're my friend. They're the worst enemies we've ever had. I'm sorry. I I know no other way to say it. We're at war. I got to identify the enemy by what they do, not what they say. 
for what they do. Well, listen, brother, I, I got to run. I have to pick up I know you my do, grandson I'm sorry, go brother. to, to, to a point. No, no, not at all. Ricky, you know, uh, sometimes I try to go over. I know sometimes that uh, uh, Brother Ellie be like, hey, you know, sometimes we little do that a little bit. But, hey, you know, that's what we're trying to do here, exchange inf- information, make clarity to our situation, you know, because we are at war. We are at war for the minds of our people, you know, and it's serious. So appreciate y'all, all of y'all. We got to develop. We got to develop a method of communication. Yep. That's much more about bottom line. That is unique and distinct from what they understand. Right on. That's it. All we right. don't do that. I don't know, man. Yeah. Let me tell you. Tell me about it. Peace, brother. Peace, brothers Peace. and sisters. We end and this war. <laughs> brothers and sisters, we end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants, think they can't do it out, and they sure in hell don't want to pay for it. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day. Shem Hotel, that means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. Bibi Fahadier, Bibi Fahadier means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. You have a blessed day. Enjoy Marcus Garvey Day birthday tomorrow and on this weekend. And I will see you on Friday. Peace, family.